Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 89. I'm your host, Em, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Hello, hello. It's been 7,000 years. It has not been 7,000. It, it has not been 7,000. It's been like three weeks, four weeks. Is it only, four weeks. Is it, is it okay? Because I feel like eh, it's been probably, a long time. Actually, probably like five. Who no, we recorded on the 24th of last month. It is the 25th. It has been four weeks. Okay, yeah, that is exactly four weeks. Yeah, we'll accept this. I guess last month was February, so yeah, sure. Yeah. Time. Uh, that, yes, we're moving back and forth through it, but not in a Star Trek way, in a video game way. Ooh. Because we're going to talk about Chrono Trigger, but before we do that, we have to do things literally as the way the podcast is presented. Jackson, have you played any video games? Have I played any video games that weren't for the thing? No, not really, actually. I actually haven't. you got to have something. Um I, I don't I don't have anything. I've been preparing for the podcast and then my, I've gone on to the next podcast game. Okay. Uh I guess right. this is a bit bad. I didn't realise till until I sat down that, that was a problem. Um It is a problem, typically. But, What's your take on the game news of the day? How do you feel about Stadia? How about that? <laughs> Uh, if you don't have games this is what we end up with <laughs> are you telling me that if i don't come with anything that this becomes a news podcast and you make the podcast bad just to spite me yes absolutely so everyone everyone listens services. to us for gundam anyway so we can torpedo this thing all we want <laughs> uh, i just don't think the streaming services are gonna i, I don't care I, the google thing seems bad it seems bad what do you want from me I, how can i earnestly uh, respond to what you're just fucking about oh <laughs> uh, it fucking sucks break up google break up every tech company really break up every tech company. but we're also recording on a day where apple announced they're gonna have a fucking like netflix for magazines which definitely won't kill magazines <laughs> and a credit card that you can get which like fucking if you want to just to just dissolve every company every one of them yep i mean if you want like an actual take it is that i saw a lot of people doom saying about the google thing which i understand um but I feel like it already happened. The things already went bad for everyone years ago. Everything's a mobile game. Everything's bad. Everyone, all the companies go under after two years. Like, things aren't good out there. So I don't see what this is going to change other than hopefully, you know, make people aware of how bad things are enough that people realize that what we consider video games is actually kind of a small space of people hanging out on the internet. Um and people start readjusting for that. I don't know. I look at how music is uh, in the world of Spotify's already killed everything 10 years ago. And so you just have smaller, slightly more sustainable spaces. Uh, I'm not saying it's better, but I am saying uh, that... It's absolutely not better. It's hard to make music out there. It's hard to make music out there, but I, I, I feel like there will be a point where people just realize that big games aren't a thing that can happen. They just can't. And we have to let them go because it's bad the problem is everyone plays games on consoles that cost so much money that you need to have mm. big games to support them otherwise no one's going to pay $400 for a PlayStation I guess that part's true you can listen to music on fucking anything yep well in that case then we're screwed everyone was right <laughs> yeah yeah. like the thing that happened here is we need we need Stadia but not Google making it right <laughs> I mean we need like uh, you know PCs and like, to be and part of that is yeah, you cheap. need the infrastructure that we don't have in my country, and definitely not in your country no. for uh, streaming. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's fucking nightmare catch twenty two where all the roads are bad. Um, 
I mean, video games were like found, founded on bad libertarian tech stuff. Like this is their, you yeah. it's it's the, in their core of everything that's built this industry. So, um, it's hard to decouple that on some level. Someone needs to just put out a like a hundred dollar box that plays indie games well enough, and that's it. That's your video games. Yep, it's the so earliest time. Uh, this yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> so he's having- I mean, like it, it, it was on, it was on Android. So, and it basically was a modified like phone thing. So, of course, it sucked. But the idea of the Ouya is great. It's exactly what video games need. Yep. The problem is, uh, no one like everyone scopes for the PS4. So your indie games run like dog shit on everything else, right? Like you get a game on Switch and it doesn't run well because it's not meant for that. It's meant for a PC or a PS4. Uh, usually a PC. Let's be honest. The games run bad on PS4 also. Yeah, the part where all the small games run terrible on the consoles that people like human beings have is just wild because they're not so advanced that they have to be spec that way. That's just what the tools are built for. Um, yep. Like the tools aren't built with the idea of um, uh, what's the what is the, what's the word like optimization being like super easy. Uh, you have to spend yeah. money to make things run well. Uh, yes. So, and it's kind of a thankless task because people don't not everyone needs that if you can run well enough you'll be fine people are still buying the switch ports you know uh, so yeah. it's no wonder that falls behind but i guess this is the topical gaming news segment that we put on our podcast today yeah the other game i played with Apple Ninja didn't actually announce their gaming streaming service right that's not a real thing that was just rumors no they've announced a subscription service that's not a streaming service that you pay them monthly and you get games uh, for some reason, I only heard about the magazine one. I didn't hear about the game one. It's that, and it's TV thing, and we're not talking about the TV thing because nope. Okay. Yeah, you wanna you wanna make Google look good. The Apple one is absolutely f- the fucking death of video games. Um, why is the Apple one more death of video games? Because at least in the projected things I saw last week, people like were rumored you pay for the subscription service and then developers get paid by time spent playing the video game. Oh, fuck. Okay. I had no yes. idea. I didn't know that was their like revenue model. Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, services like PlayStation Plus, and I assume like Origin works this way too. Developers get paid when you choose to put the game in your library. Yes. Uh, and that's just a one-time thing. Uh, moving it to paid for minutes played incentivizes all developers to turn all their games into the most tedious slot machine dopamine boxes possible. Yep. It's opening the gates of hell. It's the worst thing that could ever happen. <laughs> yep. Uh, and there's no there's no word that Google haven't done that. I mean, Google has talked about the most. It seems like it'll be a place where you just buy things. But yeah, you know. I the way I like I watch the whole stream and I assume that their thing is you're going to buy Assassin's Creed on this thing and you're going to pay them sixty, maybe a little less than sixty dollars, and you're going to be able to play that everywhere you go. I think you find a little more than sixty dollars. I bet it'll be the same price. Actually, that's my guess. Yeah, I know, but like video games, you're either paying thirty bucks or eighty bucks. No one's actually paying sixty dollars for a video game. Uh, I mean, I don't know. When I buy new games, I pay $60 for them. Uh, I feel like that's kind of rare. I feel like if you care enough and don't uh, care sure, enough about money... Sure, but I'm, I'm not playing Anthem. I'm not playing Division 2. I don't care to get my game a week early on their dis- distribution service because I bought the big edition. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't play live games with multiplayer components, so none of that touches me. If I went to go buy Sekiro, I'd be able to buy that for $60 and get the exact same experience as everyone else. Oh, no, I'm waiting until sure. 30 but... Uh, and that's, that's what that, I would do That's well. a $60 game for most people. But you said Assassin's Creed, and... I feel like $60 yes, is a very rare price for Assassin's Creed. Either you're in or you're just waiting. Yeah. 
Anyway. Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. Assassin's Creed doesn't really have multiplayer anymore, right? So that's maybe not the right example. But every other Ubisoft game, absolutely, you're right. No, but it has like a bunch of... It's like got the season pass in the thing. It's got a bunch of microtransaction stuff. It's It's got the stuff it needs. When does that pirate game come out and cost $100 for the deluxe edition? And it's just the the side mechanics of an Assassin's Creed game I, you could pay $5 for. That's now. not free, right? That's not a free-to-play game. That's a real game. I'm almost to... certain it's not. Okay. It looks very expensive. I mean, I know it's very expensive, but I don't know how they're going to, you know... I can see a world where that's we're going to try to make... Uh, we're going to try to make this an eSport, like they did with Forona. But I guess everyone had to pay $6 for that as well. And uh, that didn't go very well. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, we don't play enough new games to really have this talk because we play Chrono Trigger. <laughs> That's the life we live. Um, we have to end this conversation before we spend too long talking about uh, stuff that's depressing about the new game space. Have you played any other video games? Uh, I've been playing Fantasy Star. Maybe you've heard of it. I have heard of Fantasy Star. How is Fantasy Star? Fantastic. Uh, I am playing it on the Switch, uh, which is uh, unsurprisingly... Uh, that game runs great on a Switch. The rare exception. <laughs> M2, making it happen. Yes. Also, it's, you know, a Master System game. Uh, yeah, I know. If you don't know, Fantasy Star is a sci-fi RPG. It's, uh, like, top-down on the world, but when you go into dun- dungeons, it is first-person. Um, the version on Switch has been... It has, like, an arranged mode where you gain far more experience and gold per battle, and then your encounter rate is way lower. And that's great. That's the way to play. Absolutely. In 2019, make the game easier on yourself um, because it's absolutely the dungeon or the Dragon Quest like of you're going to come outside of the first town and fight a single monster and then go in and heal and come out and fight two monsters and heal uh, <laughs> until you get your level ups to buy the good swords. <sighs> Dragon Quest is good. <laughs> yes. Uh uh, it's a great style of game. Uh, the game just looks really cool. It, it just got an aesthetic to it. Um that is like, like fan, like fantasy sci-fi Star Warsy, and like there's just stormtroopers, but also you're getting like a sword and a shield, and that's a good aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I look I'm enjoying at, it quite a bit. I look at some of the fantasy star ancillary stuff, and I can never tell when it's meant. To, much like Star Ocean, I can't tell when it's meant to be set, but I feel like the aesthetic just changes over the real world time. Close, like the closer you get to the 2000s, the more they just go into full cyber nonsense. Yes. Uh, from all I know, the first four games are the only ones that actually matter, um, unless you care about PSO, which I do not. So, yeah. nice. some people do. Some people care a lot. I would really, I would really like them to put Fantasy Star two, three, and four on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, who knows if they will? Probably not. Probably not. I bet it actually uh, took yeah. quite a bit of work to get that arrange mode working. The best part of that arrange mode is the game is presented like at like a probably like pixel doubled i would guess resolution but it doesn't since it's four by three it only takes up a portion of the screen and so you get like all of your character stats which normally you'd have to go into a menu to check just off to the side and like a map of the dungeon off to the side all in this very good frame that has been designed to hold the elements of this game it's very smartly made yeah it's, i look at that stuff and really want it for just a lot of like i want old games to be treated this way it's exactly what i want i'm glad they've done yes it. Um, m2 go into business for yourself just make ports for people jesus christ i'd like every old game to get the m2 treatment where they sand off all the annoying edges and it's just a good game again yeah and they like present it in this very nice form yes try to get you to care about this old thing as much as they do yep yeah for sure um i think that's all i've got unless you want to talk about streaming some more 
I mean, I remembered the thing I did have to talk about, but it actually doesn't matter, so it's fine. Okay. Uh, if you're interested in watching me play video games, uh, I resurrected yeah. my uh, Dark Souls 2 Let's Play uh, because Sekiro is coming out and I didn't want to buy it. Um, and so I was like, I still have a, I have a Souls game. I'm like 10 hours in. I should just continue on that. And so I did. Uh, that will be sporadic, but I intend to keep going. So look for episodes maybe once a week uh, at, the, at the most. There won't be more than that, but I hope it's not too much less than that. Um I, I made progress last time. I hope to make progress every single time. Uh, I feel like I'm all right at Dark Souls. So, you know, the luck is on my side. You're going to make it happen. You're going to beat the Dark Souls. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, a, I'm only like a quarter of the way into that game or like a third of the way. It depends. Because that game's really nonlinear. So who could say? And that's not even counting the DLC. I don't know if I'm going to do or not. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to try to beat the video game. Yeah. I'm over the hump of like the hard parts at the beginning. So. Mm-hmm. Because apparently Scholar of the First Sin drops a lot of extra enemies towards the front half, of the, like front bits of that game that I, I didn't know because I'm only playing this version. Yeah, no, I'm told that Scholar of the First Sin is like the hard mode arranged version for people who've already played the game. It doesn't seem that hard. Um, well, at least compared to like, you know, just in with how yeah. uh, weird some of the enemy spawns are because they, it was built for people who already played it, but ended up, yeah. I feel like a lot of people, I would say um, at this point, most people just played that version. Um, yeah, because the DLC is there, and that's the version that's on PC, right? It's the version. No, they're both on PC, uh, but it's the version that's on oh, PS4. Okay. Uh, and okay. I know Dark Souls Two is pretty successful, but I assume that game has also had a pretty long tail with people getting like further into it. With every subsequent Dark Souls game, more people come in. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, I'm playing it entirely because Dia told me it's basically like you're fighting Gundams because you fight a bunch of relatively human-sized knight characters, and you know what? She's not wrong. Yeah, that's the stuff I like. That's why Neo's good, because Neo's a lot of sword fights. Yeah, that's why I want to play Sekiro. Yeah, Sekiro also has a grapple hook, fights. and it's all sword fights, so it's the best of both worlds. Oh, video games are good, actually, sometimes. <laughs> We're just going to wait a year and do Sekiro. We can't, it's we can't. too long. We, We've already we, talked we about thought this. about this. Because I, I was like, we should, oh, God, I want to. But then we'd be in the trapped in hell of having to finish Sekiro in six weeks. Yes. Me in a Which week, Which is about probably. the longest time we have, yeah. Um, and that's with good planning, so... Yep. Yeah, so we're not doing that, but we will try to play it ourselves at some point. Uh, yeah. I I also uh, we have... did the thing um, looking at you playing Dark Souls and looking at Sekiro going, man, I should I should just play Dark Souls one of these days. I know I enjoy those games enough that I would probably be able to get more into them. Yeah, it's good. I think Dark Souls is better than Bloodborne. Sekiro looks good in a different way. Um, Blood... But I'm, I definitely prefer the Souls stuff to Bloodborne. Bloodborne's the one I've got the most into, and um, I just, I'm yeah. just not into it aesthetically. Uh, yeah i i thought i would be but uh i i don't know i there's something about the like grimy medieval aesthetic of dark souls that like normally i don't even like that sort of thing but it, it's it's very particular there yes yes it is and you know we have an anime podcast i love japan so <laughs> we've confirmed yes absolutely that's it uh if you don't want to listen to us talk about chrono trigger we'll be back next month to talk about Titanfall 2. We'll actually be back in like two weeks. Um, we are going to a slightly compressed release schedule for the next two months. There will be three episodes just so we can get things in line for future plans. Our episode 100 is coming up. And if we didn't do it this way, it would be our soundtrack episode at the end of the year, which we didn't want to do. We want to play a video game for that. We do so. indeed. We don't know what it is yet, but we want to play a video game. Phil. <laughs> Phil. Uh, uh, 
So Titanfall 2 will be coming. If you're listening to this, send us an email. You have like a week, like probably before we're recording. So, uh, no, you don't. You, have, you absolutely don't. You have, this comes out on Friday and we record on Sunday. You, you have, have a day. day. <laughs> you have a day. Uh, you have a week if you're like if you're in the next room and you're going, oh, what's going on in there? Do I, oh, I hear someone talking about Titanfall 2, which is only one person that could be. Uh, it's, it's either my brother or your mom. <laughs> yeah, well, my mom doesn't know what Titanfall 2 is. Well, you should show her. Maybe she'd like it. <laughs> hey, mom, do you want to see Titanfall 2? Yeah, no, the BT's dumb. I know. Everyone likes him. I don't get it. I like him, but I think like it's not. Look, we can't talk about that. <laughs> uh, that's it. We're gonna we're gonna have some music, and then we're gonna get to our video. Game. game club this month we have played chrono trigger which is a snes rpg released by square in 1995 uh, the collaboration of three big figures in the 90s uh, you know uh, sakaguchi uh, of final fantasy fame yuji hori of dragon quest fame and toriyama of you know, dragon ball and they all came together and told some other people to make a video game. I guess Toriyama did do all the design, so he did the most work yes. in terms of like those three people. He, he did all the work he would do for any other video game he was making. Yes. Uh, but the game was made by a team at Square. Uh, it was directed yes. by three people, apparently, according to this thing. Uh, which is uh, Takashi Tokida, uh, Yoshinori Kitase, and Akihiko Matsui. Kitase getting it done, as always. Yeah, Kitase really getting it done. true hero of Square. Uh, yep. I want to live in the alternate world where he was the one they picked to direct remake, because it came down basically to a coin flip. Uh, it'd probably be out already. Yeah, it'd probably be out already. <laughs> uh, we'd, be, we'd be like... We'd be awaiting the second one, and we'd already have trailers for it. Yep, it'd be done. It'd be done. There's no other way yeah. around that. <laughs> yes. Uh, Wikipedia says the composers are Yasunori Matsuda and Nobu Uematsu. Those are lies. It's Yasunori Matsuda. Uh, Uematsu only took over because Matsuda took ill. And as far as I can tell, didn't do a ton of work on this. It, it doesn't sound like Uematsu for one. Uh, but... Mitsuda's always been the person who come like there's like a jazz tribute album to Chrono Trigger that Mitsuda made that's just jazz versions of the Chrono Trigger music. If you ever want to listen to that? Yeah, no, um, the, it's his soundtrack. The credits make it seem like it's more uh, equal than it is. Where it's more that Umatsu came in to fill right at the end. Uh, yeah, when uh, Mitsuda got sick. The other name that matters um, is Masato Kado, who is the person who wrote most of the story, and he often credited as the Chrono Trigger guy. I don't know if did he go on to direct Chrono Cross. Is that was that true? I don't know. I haven't checked that, but it might be true. Uh, Masato Kado. Uh, yes. He did Radical yes, Dreamers, did. Xenogears, Chrono Cross, Final Fantasy Eleven, and parts of Final Fantasy Seven. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> uh, but I just know, I know him. I hear him talked about as the Chrono Trigger guy in a like in a weird way, even though he's not one of the. Directors. He's also the credited story writer of Ninja Gaiden Three. Oh, uh, which one's that? It's that's the. 
It's been the third Ness one, so I don't know what happens in any of them. No, no, no. Ninja Gaiden 3. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> when he, get, he gets an arm, and his arm is covered in blood, and then he has to feel regret for all the ninjas he's killed. That's the plot of Ninja Gaiden 3, by the way. He gets a he gets a blood pathos arm, uh, and they go to the Prime Minister's residence, and this... Oh, it's fucking... God. I've been thinking about a lot about Ninja Gaiden this week, but I'm not going to bring that to the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, you know, whatever. This is uh, normally record on Sundays. I guess my like a uh, normally this is a really formal cast, but I just got off work. We're recording on Monday. I was feeling sick this weekend. Still don't feel great. So this is much looser than abnormal mapping usually is. If you listen to our other podcasts, more in this line. Maybe abnormal mapping is just going to loosen up finally as we reach episode 100, right? Yeah, maybe. We have a good time instead of a formal time, which just can be good. But you know, we're just going to chill. We're just going to talk about video games. We're not going to be that. You know, that I mean, we talked it. about Stadia. Like, we're, that's barely a video game. I still can't believe you did that. I'm just going to break the entire flow of this. So that we, if I, oh, God damn it. <laughs> so um, before we get into Chrono Trigger, I think it would be wise to do a little summary of the game plot-wise. Uh, it is an action RPG that you play. Not an action RPG. It is an RPG that has like real-time elements. It has the ATB 2.0. So it is like a real-time uh, game set on the world map. Like the world map... It doesn't go into the battle screens, what I'm saying. It doesn't make battle screens. That's how, that's what defines Chrono Trigger's battle system. Uh, all the enemies are just on the map and then it hits into battle mode and you fight them uh, as the ATB goes. Uh, and that's kind of what the game's designed around as a video game. It's otherwise yes. just a very Positioning matters also, which is a distinct thing from other screens. Yes. Or square games. I just wanted I to give a little summary of like the game part if you've never played Chrono Trigger uh, before we get into the yeah. summary of the story. Uh, uh, I originally... Uh, wanted to get this game around 1995 and when my mother went to get it probably for my birthday so it'd be late 95 uh, i because i remember seeing spreads in nintendo power about it and i was like time travel that sounds great uh they were sold out and the helpful toys r us attendant directed my yes, mother towards yes, another big yes. box rpg earthbound yo you win yeah i won not to spoil <laughs> not to spoil uh the, the talk of this but earthbound's better than chrono trigger I mean, it's hard to argue. Earthbound might be the greatest game ever made. <laughs> Who can say? <laughs> Who can say? Certainly not us. Um, I originally played this game then when the PlayStation 1 uh, version came out. In, was that Final Fantasy Chronicles in 2001? Uh, yes, I know it had a bunch of slowdown, but I didn't know. So I just played it. Uh, and I liked it a lot, but not as much as everyone else did. And uh, always chalk that up to it being about, oh, I played the bad port. But nah, look. I, they're better. They're better SNES games. Anyway, Chrono Trigger. The plot of Chrono Trigger. You wake up in the year 1000 as Chrono, uh, Goku, but he doesn't talk. What if Goku, his defining feature, a personality that everyone loves, was gone? <laughs> <laughs> and all he had left was hair. And a sword. And yes, a sword. he has a sword he has a instead. Sword and some hair. Uh, he wakes up on the morning of the Millennial Fair, where he goes to meet his friend Luca, who is a Bulma, with, also without a personality, <laughs> basically. Uh, <laughs> she has more of a personality. She has more of a personality, but... Uh, I want to just get out of the head of this. We do like Chrono Trigger. <laughs> yes, no. These are the only two this is true for. I'm just being mean at the start. Uh, because they sure do give you Goku and Bulma, but they don't have any of the things we that you would love about Goku and Bulma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Anyway, uh, while you're there, you bump into a mysterious woman uh, who I keep calling Marley because I've always called her Marley. It's probably Marl. It's Marl. But I'm going to say Marley, and you're just going to have to accept this. Fine. Everyone listening. Sure. 
I can't stop um, you. <laughs> and she is extremely not a princess princess yes. uh, in the grand tradition of JRPGs. Uh, I don't even mean that as a negative. Garnet's one of my favorite Final Fantasy characters. Uh, and she has this strange pendant that when her and Chrono go to Luca's teleportation device demonstration at the fair, reacts to the machine and opens a time portal, which throws them into time. Uh, this leads them through some adventures. Uh, I'm just going to summarize them in brief here. Uh, they travel to 600 AD, 400 years ago, uh, and discover causality because Marley disappears and they meet a knight called Frog and that's all very cool. Um, they then jump back into a portal and end up in 2300... They jump back in normal time, find out that they, what they did in the past changed the present. And so time exists. Timelines are real. Uh, they jump into a different portal. It takes them to 2300 AD. And here, everything is totally fucked because something happened hundreds of years ago in this time uh, that just devastated the world. It's just sandstorms, everyone living in domes, and it's really bad. Uh, and in exploring this place, you find out that something called Lavos appeared in the year 1999. And just laid waste to the entire world. Uh, and now they just live in a hellscape uh, where they're all starving and all like just people in rags inside of metal bunkers. It's a bad scene. Um, and then you meet a, your good friend Robo, who is a robot. Uh, Luca fixes him up. Robo decides to join you on your quest. Uh, and then the next portal you jump into, you end up at the end of time. Uh, because you have too many people getting into the portal. Because you can only have three party members in this game. They didn't have the memory for four. Um, and this is how they explain that. And uh, from there, you can kind of jump around, go to different places. Uh, you can go back to the year 600 where things progressed. And now Frog is on a quest to defeat the evil monster king, Lord Magus. Uh, or you can go to the, what is it? 65 million BC? 65 right. million BC, yes. Uh, where you can find some cave people who are fighting some dinosaur people called the reptites uh and get involved in that uh you do these things uh you, you know you, you help frog out you make the masamune of square rpg fame um and he comes to help you you go back in time you save the cave people you meet ayla who is the cave person leader um and she's cool and in defeating the reptites you're interrupted by lavos falling from the sky because lavos is the calamity from the skies Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> I have. Um, and this thing just like delved into the earth forever. And then eventually will come out 65 million and 1,999 years later uh, to destroy the earth. Um, this is when you go into the year 12,000 BC, right? Yes. You, you head to antiquity then. Yeah. And the plot begins. Yes. Uh, yes. You go there and you find the magical kingdom of zeal where magic exists uh, because for some reason, Lavos falling on Earth has, like, imbued the world with magic as we go forward. Um, and there's, like, this magical technology that maybe they're using for ill or good. Uh, and they are just trying to tap into a immense magical source in the bottom of the ocean. And you're like, well, that's Lavos. And it turns out, yeah, that's Lavos. And that's this is Lavos. a bad time. Yeah. Uh, Kingdom of Zeal is uh, led by Queen Zeal, uh, who's clearly just a villain. Um, and you're using a thing called the Mammon Machine. If you've ever read video game criticism on the internet, and you're like, oh, Zeal and the Mammon Machine. Yes, that's where this comes from. 
which Jackson had a moment. <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't know shit. No, about I know. There's no reason you would know if you hadn't played Chrono Trigger. It's just very fun. <laughs> Minovsky particles. Yes. Um. Anyway, while you're in 12,000 BC, you run across a mysterious prophet who is clearly Magus after you defeated him and threw him and he got sucked into a time portal or whatever. And he is here trying to direct events, uh, dealing with Queen Zeal's two children, uh, an older girl named Shala and the young boy uh, Janus. Uh, you immediately realize that Janus is Magus uh, when he was a kid who lived here. Uh and when they turned on the mammon machine, it really fucked everything up because Lavas appeared and Shala and Janice are both thrown through time. Um, and this is when you face Lavas the first time, right? Yes. Or, yeah, like canonically, I guess. <laughs> face is a weird word because you don't really fight, fight Lavas in like the, the video game. Yeah. But uh, someone dies. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, you know, this is the story summary. Chrono... Uh, just gets vaporized if you're watching the cutscene. <laughs> I, was, I was playing with DS and Chrono gets murked. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's not quite as dramatic in the uh, just people acting it out on the screen version, but the cutscene's very good. Uh, and then you're left without your leader as everyone tries to figure out what happens. Uh, and you go and you can... At this point... Uh, Zeal crashes and magic and is like the magic technology society is totally fucked, leading to the dark ages that you live in, where it's just a fantasy game again. Uh, and you're left with the options of do you want to recruit Magus or not? Because he's willing to join your party now. And you should because Magus is awesome. Or do you want to take the side quest where you could maybe resurrect Chrono? Uh, you should do that because Chrono is really powerful. <laughs> not a cool character, but very powerful. Uh, you do all that, you do the rest of the side quests, which we'll talk about, uh, and you get everyone together, and then you go to whichever version of fighting uh, Lavos you want, uh, which involves either going to him at the end of time, uh, going to him in 1999, or the probably the proper way, going to 12,000 BC and fighting through the Ocean Palace and the Mammoth Machine and getting to where Lavos is. Yeah, you do the final dungeon and you fight the final boss. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then you beat you beat Lavos, and then everyone does the thing in a time travel thing where everyone's from a different era where they all say their goodbyes and like, oh, we're going to have to end time travel and the gates will be sealed and we'll never see each other again. Uh, and then depending on what ending you got, stuff happens to force you maybe go on another adventure. Uh, the end. Yeah. Basically. In a very light, fun way. Yes. Um, I really like the ending of this game. Not in a, not in like a. I think that the combination of the plot is good. I just think the way everything, the final scenes are very sweet and good. Um, yes, and that's kind of what I think about Chrono Trigger overall. I think it is mostly very sweet and good. I like it a lot. Um, I think it is a bit slight in ways that are disappointing, but not in ways that necessarily um, count against the game while I'm playing it. Just I wish that it dug more into its themes. Uh, and the fact that it doesn't is mostly fine. It's just an RPG. You go through, you play it, it's fun. Um, that's that's generally how I felt about Chrono Trigger. I was expecting to find it uh, not bad, bad is the wrong word, but I was expecting to kind of have this be like filling in my history, being like, yes, no, I know. Um, but it was actually, it was good. I enjoyed, I really enjoyed the combat. Uh, at least in when it was good. I, okay. I enjoyed the combat in any kind of like big set piece battle, but whenever the combat was going through dungeons, it became very slow because... Uh, it's built for fast-paced set pieces and not for you have to fight a guy every time you pass through this hallway type stuff. 
because uh, then it is actually, even though it, it is fast, it's real time on the battlefield nature and all the animations playing out and the positioning means that uh, a jam A battle takes much longer in the dungeon crawling than it does compared to, say, Final Fantasy IV or something. Mm. Um, but, but no, mostly I just had a really good time. I liked most of the characters. Um, I thought most of the story was really interesting and good. Uh, and I thought it was very sweet with how it all wrapped up together. I, it, was, it was a very good, very good game. It's my Chrono Trigger take. It's good. Okay. Uh... So let's let's get the mechanical stuff out of the way before okay. we can talk about the story, because that's the, probably the part we have the least to say about. Um, yes, RPGs. Uh, so, yes. Th- so, you know, turn-based, whatever. This game, of course, notable for the monsters appeal, appear on the field until they don't. Um, the thing that I'm most frustrated with in Chrono Trigger uh, is that it's a game that positions... Not going to start that way. It's a game that sells itself as being all about enemy <laughs> positioning. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, cause the enemies move around and a lot of your moves are like area of effect, but like in a line or in a like small radius, uh, but the enemies also have those moves. Unfortunately, your characters never change their position, really. They all form to wherever the battle, like the game has decided your characters are going to stand in this battle arena and there's no way to move them when they do their attacks. They mostly just land back where they are, um, and that's unfortunate because I feel like it sells itself on a tactical complexity that it doesn't end up paying off because in reality, it, it the, the enemies can get out of the way, but you're just mostly spamming attacks to kill enemies. And then the bosses are all focused on like a tactical puzzle that when you solve makes those battles trivial. It's not trivial, but yes. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, though. Like the every almost every boss in this game is like the first Final Fantasy boss with like don't attack when he's in his shell. Yes. Uh it's it is the most extreme version of that where multiple bosses are like, you need to make sure that you're attacking this part with this magic when it's in this form, otherwise it's going to counterattack you. Uh that sort of thing. A lot of like bits on bosses that you have to blow off before they heal the boss for too much health. Yes, no, there's a lot of that. And the way that ends up being like forming into the game's battle system is more about the the time right like it's definitely bounced around the time being active and not wait it gets very easy if you just let it wait and take your time whenever you can like uh, make an attack go uh but to the positioning thing yeah it's weird because the game is about being in certain positions and doing certain attacks that hit uh different enemies uh, but you have no way to influence that other than luck or timing um in the best of cases it is strange that you don't have that control and i guess it would be too complex if you had that control especially with the real-time stuff Uh, but i think that there is a tension within the battle system that's pulling it towards either a slower paced positional based battle system or a faster paced action battle system and it is trying to do both of those things but half it's weird it ends up feeling a lot like a mid-2000s the console rpg in a in the way of like you know how you know any bioware game code or something is just the world's most baby form of pc rpgs Uh, Mm -hmm. and i kind of feel like that way about chrono trigger as it pertains to jrpg battle systems um not to the extremes but it definitely feels like it's taking these ideas and giving you them in very limited forms um and i think it is smart given what the game is that is to say it's a lot of people's first rpg I understand how people like played this without knowing, without previously being into RPGs, and were able to be like, "This is what games should be," and it has this huge reputation because uh, it does a much better job of onboarding you to what makes RPGs good than like RPGs that expect you to know the genre. Uh, 
and the letdown of that is that when it comes to the battle system when you are like long time rpg person you're like i should be i should have more options should have more ways to influence this then it just doesn't it's just not interested in giving you because you don't need it really you just press a and you win yep yeah basically because <laughs> it's it's like you can't it, you could theoretically design a battle system where you would min max and like line up all the attacks but the, the it's balanced around the system that exists so you don't ever need it and in fact it's not just balanced around the system that exists it's balanced around the system that exists plus being sloppy enough to let the enemies hit you twice as much as you hit them yeah which is good because i think that's where the game is best if it was balanced around the timings having to be that tight it would be worse because everyone would be pausing it uh but it does mean that when you dig into the battle system, there's not that much tactical there. It just kind of wants you to feel slightly frantic for a bit and have puzzles for the bosses, and it coasts by on that feel. Yeah, and then you do a cool thing where your t- your party members do a tech together, and you're like, that's really cool. It is really cool. To be fair, it's very cool. So what parties were you running with? Uh, so my general default is Chrono uh luca and either frog or robo depending on my mood um when you can get chrono out of your party and put magus in that's the good shit because magus is just incredibly powerful yeah i i was because he shows up with all the magic you know like that bit in like early seven when you're just rolling with sephiroth and he has all the magic yes. you've never even heard of before that's just magus all the time he's, he's very good uh, i like magus a lot the um the thing with that of course is uh his like tech options aren't nearly as good generally i couldn't tell if they were just bad or if if i had played for a thousand hours and grounded like enough tps no, i would have like, no they it's are just, just not he's just okay. yeah yeah i couldn't tell if I, that would i could theoretically i i've always assumed that was meant to be intentional mm-hmm. like you have to put a lot of work into make magus gel with your group because your group spent the entirety of the game thinking he was the villain yep. like it's thematically appropriate it does work because uh, like yep. i was most like i i use magus a, a bit but i try i actually ended up using my default party more which was uh, Chrono, Frog, and Molly, as you call her. <laughs> um, yes. And that they had like an incredibly powerful triple attack. Uh, and I had I'd only looked one other triple attack with another party configuration. I'd not really been switching my party around. I'd just been using it as yes it, as you know as i w- wanted to uh and their triple attack was super powerful because there was two water pa- uh, like two water powers and trying to use a sword and it was just bombarding everyone with ice damage so so long as no one was like um protective towards ice they died very fast <laughs> yep and that stuff was really good so the way that the party setup works to like push you towards the techs is good because i was just using techs all the time yeah and if you explore around, eventually you get to the point where, like, this is a game that will sell you ethers, and you can get equipment that, like, reduces your MP load. So by the end of the game, you were just using everyone's strongest magic all the time, yes, if you want to. you sure are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and I like the system, the the way the system works in terms of um, com- combination techs, right? Yeah. Because uh, very early on in the game, you'll get uh, someone with a heal spell, and you'll be like, oh, good, a heal spell. But then most rpgs would have either you have the traditional old final fantasy option right uh that is the spell can either be attacked on one person or everyone for much less um you know for much less potency healing yes um but in here though you combine it if you do it like a mix-up attack or a mix-up tech with uh mal 
and Chrono then, like, she'll do the spell and he'll, like, spin with his sword and everyone will get healed. And that stuff works really well. I like how that ends up, uh, like, there's a tact there's a tactile to yeah a tactile sensation to the way magic happens because they th- put a lot of thought into how those texts work yep it's very cool i also like that it's a game in which like most of your party gets effective healing spells that combine in interesting ways yes it's not just the princess is the healer like frog is an incredible healer uh frog was my main healer because frog gets heal yep. which is the single just ever heal everyone spell um, yes because i was using marley for most of my damage chrono because uh, mal uh, mal ended up like doing haste and damage a lot because mm-hmm. you gotta have haste you always gotta have haste this is the rule in all, haste is really good in this game all games yeah any atb game just get haste immediately <laughs> yeah uh and then like frog would be healing um or i would be doing like the frog and chrono's combined sword attacks uh, or Frog and Miles combined ice attacks. These all like played well together. It was a good setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and as the game went on, I felt like the um, aside from the way they ramp up the dungeons to be much more about hidden triggers for battles, the the dungeon progression is pretty good because uh, mm. usually it starts out the enemies on the map um, and then later on that's still true but occasionally they have like you walk past the point and then it'll the battle will start and people enemies will run in from off screen uh, and that works fine when you're heading through the dungeon on a normally but then that trigger will remain there as you walk back to the save point yeah and you'll be like God, uh, but apart from that i actually feel like the dungeon progression was um fairly chill like it never it never got final fantasy 4 levels of wild yeah, no, they, they, because of the way in which the game is designed in, like, very rich spaces, um, generally the game is just smaller than a lot of the Final Fantasy games. Like, Final Fantasy is much... Every one of those games is way bigger than Chrono Trigger is yes. in terms of, like, land you are navigating over. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, though when it does get to the, like, really long levels, like the Reptite Castle or the Ocean Palace, Chrono Trigger gets very tedious very quickly. Uh-huh. It sure does. God, the Reptile yes. Palace. That, mm, I was on Skype with you doing that one. Yes. It's a, it's a good level. Um, I had a really good payoff, but yes. Um, so you just want to talk about characters, and then we can talk about story bits that we liked a lot? Yeah. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about our party. Let's talk about the party. And we'll go down, do our traditional RPG thing of going down the party, which is luckily uh, not that complex in this game. So Chrono. Okay. Uh, so Luca. The, the classic silent protagonist... <laughs> Um, maybe the Earth silent protagonist in that his silence isn't like a necessarily a joke, but is so profound that like other characters then just speak for him in a way that like, I don't know. I don't dislike silent protagonists. Like, I think it's great that Link doesn't talk in Zelda, but in this game, I find it very distracting and obnoxious. And I think it limits the story potential for the game. I agree. I think Chrono's silence is bad and makes the game worse. Um, not by like the super appreciable amount but i do think it means that like it's not it doesn't play chrono as you it does occasionally but it's not like say um a game with dialogue choices it's not a game where you're like at some point the character will be given agency and then you will have to make a decision in some way that may or may not you know actually have real impact but will at least frame the character 
as when it comes time for them to make a choice, you are responsible for that. Here, yep. Chrono is just silent and going through whatever anyone tells him to do, but it also it also expects you to care about the bonds he's forming with all his friends because, like, the game ends and everyone's like, oh, Chrono, you're so strong, you've saved the day. And no one's saying that to, like, Marl or anyone, right? Like, it's Chrono who's yeah. done this. And uh, he was dead for half of it. So... <laughs> Yeah, the game is like the game's big like second act reveal is literally the character that doesn't have a personality to attach to dies isn't that sad and devastating and it's just there's nothing there for that to work. Yeah, no. And we can I think we should like save the the story broad talk for uh, like that stuff yes. in a for later, but more like in a smaller way like um so you get the trial early on, right? Which is a very famous bit yeah. of this game, which also no idea, had no idea going in. Uh, yeah. Was delighted. I totally ate the meats. Yeah, everyone eats the lunch. Who are you going to not eat the lunch? Uh, yeah. The guy tells you not to eat the lunch. I think it's dumb. Just let people eat the lunch. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but that leans slightly into him being a certain protagonist as a joke. That's the one of the times it's like yes. really intentional that he can't speak for himself. But other times it'll be like Marl going like, oh, you're so nice to me, Chrono. Let's go on an adventure together. And... Other than the sense of it's time for the boy protagonist to go on the journey with the girl in the game, there's no sense of connection between those characters because one of them's not a literally not a character. Uh, yep. And it just is a it just is a shame because I, I feel like you could easily just add some lines for Chrono, uh, but the part where every NPC goes Chrono, what should we do? Because they don't know who's going to be in your party, but Chrono can't talk. So then someone in the party goes, we're going to do this. <laughs> Is yes. very unintentionally funny. That's not a joke. That's just what they had to do to fix this writing problem they created for themselves. Yep. Um, but yeah, very little to say about Chrono because he's barely there. We'll get into the wider stuff in a minute. Move on. Yeah. Uh, we have Luca next, your science pal. Uh, irresponsible. <laughs> yes. So what did you think of Luca? Uh, I like kind of like mad scientist characters in anime. I think they're always very fun uh, when they're like just your like friend. Uh, like Bulma, there's characters in Starish and they're very much this kind of character um, is what I end up thinking of the most. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of overlap between Starish and Chrono Trigger, in, like aesthetically and sensibility wise. Um, and so... I, I want to like Luca. I think there's potential there, but the game's underwritten generally because of the era it's in. So you don't get, like, her and Robo are portrayed as best friends, and there's every reason in the world they should be best friends, but there's no scenes where they're best friends. <laughs> it's just a given that the, the science girl and the robot are going to be best friends, and I understand, but I'd like to see it. Uh, there's like a couple, there's like a, a couple scenes, and by scenes I mean like a couple lines. <laughs> yes. Um there's one scene later on in the game which is a scene from a side quest that is one of the most important scenes of the game for everyone camping around a fire yes. uh yes and it's like wait this is do you want to explain that scene uh yeah so uh it, so when does it happen because i played through the whole game in a blur uh, but it's after robo has been left for 600 years right it's uh, after you just get him back is that Yes, yes you're all having a nice sit it is a scripted bit in this other side quest Yes, in his other side quest, so, uh, there's a side quest where Robo 
basically stays in one of the eras for stays in 600 AD, uh, and then you meet him in 1000 AD. So 400 years later, you hang up again, and he's like, "I'm here because I'm Robo. I'm a robot." Uh, and so you restore his power, and you turn him on, and you go have a camp, and it's very sweet. And it, like uh, in the night, you wake up and you play as Luca, and you go and you travel back to her past and save her mum, and realize that you saving her mother is what made young Luca want to be an inventor. That's, 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 I'm right. I'm trying to make sure I'm in. in yeah. Cause right, your yeah. mom was, your mom was paralyzed. Uh, and Luca always like, cause it was like an industrial accident. Cause her father's also a weird inventor. Like she just got like caught in a machine or whatever. And she wanted to become a scientist because she wanted to like help fix her mom or whatever. Uh, and that's why she's become a scientist. Now she can go back and change that. And if you do, she's still like a scientist or whatever. She just now her mom walks around. Yep. You can fail this because it's a very limited thing. If you don't put in the password, you just it, like nothing happens. Like she remains paralyzed and Luca goes back to being normal and everything. Nothing changes. It's very strange. Yes, it is extremely she, strange. She doesn't really say it's not like she is traumatized about her mother through the game. Like, there's a couple of lines about her motivation, but there's too much going on. She's not actually like this isn't her core emotional bit. It just happen it just comes out of nowhere, uh, this scene. Um and I guess it's fine, like it's nice and sweet, but it's not as wild as you would you know, it it's just kinda comes out of nowhere. Um because this game's very inconsistent with its characters. Uh, yep. Do you want to talk about Mal next? Yeah. Marl, also known as Princess Nadia. Uh, yep. How do you feel about Marl? I really She's like a princess. Marl. I know you're a bit less positive on Marl. Um. I I just, uh, I never use her very much. I think she's fine. I think her, the problem with this is she's the character who gets like her storyline first and then nothing happens to her the rest of the game. Uh, no, you get you get the stuff with her and her dad later with the, the rainbow yeah, thing. Well, that's in the side boring. Course, You know, Guess who? Guess who cares about a king? Nobody. Don't. Nobody cares about a king and his daughter's weird relationship. Ah, uh, I kind of do. I don't know. It's a Final Fantasy game. We can't be like, oh, who cares about kings? By the way, Final Fantasy's really good. <laughs> like the problem is that character. That character has already been portrayed as a joke so many times because yes. of the early time travel stuff. That I like. He's not a person that I care about. He's just like her dad that tried to throw me in jail once because they invented like a. Uh, ridiculous jury like trial society because of things we did 400 years ago it's a good joke though that's a really good bit yes <laughs> they're like we have you you do something in the past and they're like we have to have a strict uh, criminal justice system and you go that sounds really dumb and then you immediately go back to the president and get arrested <laughs> yes uh the actual best part of marley is that her like ancestor 400 years ago uh looks just like her and really wants to bone the frog <laughs> She really wants to burn the frog. Who among us, really? The frog's cool. Yes. Um, yeah. The, the, the best part of Miles' um, whole thing is, like, you're right that the stuff with the king isn't, like, rich or anything. It's not great. But I do like when she we save the day and she jumps out of the stained glass window into the courtroom to announce that the and day then, is yes, saved. No, that is extremely cool. Uh, yes. And like, Resident Evil 2, the film, not the game. <laughs> Yeah, no, we talk about the Resident Evil that matters here. <laughs> yes. Um, for sure. Like, uh, yes, I've just never, like, super liked her as a character. But it's not, like, a negative feeling. It is just an absence of feeling more than anything. I, I think this speaks to the game's design and a problem I have with it. That is the party system. 
because uh, I like Mal a lot, but then Mal was in my party most of the time, speaking full Chrono. So, it, like, every other RPG from Square, at least, at, at the time, at least, the ones I've played, the ones of the era, will, like, yes. make gestures towards the whole party being there. doesn't matter who you've got in your party, whoever is in the scene will be in the scene. Uh, yeah, when it's cutscene time, everyone walks out of the protagonist, right? Yeah, and that's just how things work. Uh, and it means that every time they have written a line for that character, that character has a line and will say it and you will get the interactions you need. Here, because the only characters that talk are the ones you have brought with you, it's very, uh, you know, Mass Effect or something in that sense. So I, yeah, the I, lines are very genericized because they have to fit for whoever you have. Yeah, because they have to have written all these scenes multiple times in a very, like, we've only got these characters. Who do we, how do we communicate this information way? And I, you know, I extremely associate that with Bioware RPGs. And it's very weird to be thinking of Bioware RPGs a lot in a game uh, from Square from 1995. Uh, but I think it carries with it the same limitations, which is that you end up, there's a lot of writing in this game that you never read that ends up not fleshing out any of the characters in a way that could have been better spent with purposeful character writing. Yep. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just a weird choice. I would have had everyone pop out when it was time for anyone to say lines. Yes. Uh, next we have Robo, who is also known as Prometheus uh, and just has uh, Never Gonna Give You Up as his theme song. <laughs> Outrageous. It's one of the most illegal versions of a like a stolen video game theme. Uh, uh, you know, it's not quite that Lord of the Rings song from Final Fantasy XIV, but it's basically no. there. <laughs> yeah. That one's only it's more egregious Rob- because of the song it's ripping off. <laughs> Yes, uh, I think Robo's great. He's got good visuals. He looks cool. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, Robo is good. Yeah, I like I like his like. I mean, part of it is like the strength of Toriyama's designs, and this is like a character that doesn't really exist in Dragon Ball, but just like a cute steampunk robot man. Yep, he's good. I I like how he's like i am chosen to be with my friend like i don't know very basic plot point is the robot is just talks like a robot but then has the biggest heart right very normal yes. basic story thing but it works always works always gonna be like yep it's a good bit yeah uh then we have frog uh who has the absolute coolest theme greatest run animation greatest like victory pose just the best all all of the good design went into Frog, clearly. Greatest victory pose, greatest animation, greatest theme. Uh, probably the best backstory for many of the characters. Like, yes. he gets the fucking full-on fancy backstory. Yeah, you want to tell people what, what tragic- Frog's deal is? So his brother is tragically uh, killed. So he... he his- is it his brother? I just, uh, I just thought it was, like, his, like, friend or the person he idolized. Uh, okay, well, I, I, I assumed he was his brother. Uh, I thought they were brothers, but they might not be. I... I don't know if that's true. That could just mean me literally just projecting them onto Edgar and uh, Sabin. <laughs> um, yeah, no, his friend is his friend is just the brave knight Cyrus. It's, <laughs> yes, they are not brothers. Okay, so his best friend Cyrus, uh, he's going to be a brave knight, and, and um, Frog, who at this point is a human, uh, named what's it, Glenn. Glenn, Glenn uh, is like, no, I'm never going to be strong enough to do that. I'm, I'm not going to be able to follow you. Um, but then the. Uh, uh, Cyrus goes out to to fight Magus in this war uh, to save the kingdom because Magus is attacking the kingdom, um, which you know is because he wants power to kill the uh, to kill Lavos, but you don't understand that yet. Anyway, uh, they go to fight, and um, Glenn's with him. Cyrus sacrifices himself to save Glenn to save uh, to save him so he can run away, but Glenn doesn't because he's too he's too scared uh, and. 
in this moment of like weakness, he is magically turned into a frog uh, by mages and thrown off a cliff. So he's having a bit of a bad time. And his arc, which is one of the few arcs to be like neatly spaced out around the entire game, to have like multiple developments and nice reveals, because it like gets focused at the beginning, in the middle, and at the end, uh, is to reveal that he is, has the strength inside him. Uh, he goes to visit Cyrus's grave and like says goodbye to Cyrus's ghost. And like unlocks the true form of the Masmune and is ready to be the coolest knight in the world in all of time. And that's Frog. He rules so hard. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Uh, in the original English version, he speaks with a lot of these and thous. Uh, that is his like notable characteristic. That is out of the modern version, right? Yes. Uh, he speaks formally. Like it comes across that he speaks yes. formally, but it, he does not uh, speak in. Like I've seen enough of the Squever, Squever, SNES version to know uh, how he speaks in the original. That is, uh, they did not keep the <laughs> ludicrous accents. Yes. Uh, according to Wikipedia here, in the Japanese version, he's got like a rougher version of speech instead of like a more formal one. I assume being like a Kurosawa samurai guy, right? Like, that makes more sense. He's the one who's just going to be the straight shooter in a world of like formality. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess they were playing to the samurai stuff rather than the like the way knights work. And yes. That's smart localization. Well done, everybody. Yes. Uh, then we have Ayla, the character I wish I liked, but you get her so late that you've already decided who your favorite characters are. <laughs> yeah. Because she's so cool. She's just super strong, um, like, prehistoric. Uh, she's the chief, right? Yeah, yeah, she's the chief of the prehistoric village. She's literally just, like, a pinup girl with, like, her ridiculous teased blonde hair and her, like, fake 70s fur bikini. Yep. Uh, but she's swole. <laughs> So she's basically, she should be everyone's favorite character. <laughs> but she has nothing to do except yes. have this really, well, one, so one, just everyone in the prehistoric time speaks in a very racist, like, oh, me do this now, Tarzan type speech. Uh, yes. Which fucking sucks. But we'll get into that later. That aside, her only plot is with this shitty guy named Kino that doesn't want to get put into the friend zone by chrono and you're meant to have more sympathy for kino than uh you know the game has more sympathy for kino than a human being would playing the video game uh yes. and it all means that ayla doesn't really get a plot of her own on that uh, other than she's good and doesn't want anyone to have to fight and die but that's not how the time works and that's sad yes uh, and that stuff's okay um the absolutely outrageous thing that this game implies is that Ayla, because she's another blonde person, is the infinitely great ancestor of Marley. Yes, I mean, there is a... There is a ill-considered part of this game that I don't like its insistence on this weird racial purity stuff that the game is not really about, but by wanting to have this consistent timeline linked through generations, ends up inadvertently yes. stumbling into in a way that I think sucks. Especially since this timeline is wrapped entirely around blonde-haired, blue-eyed women. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed women, and it's always like we've got the fiends in one era, we've got the reptiles in the other era, we've got like the robots in the future. It's always about destroying this like disfigured other. <laughs> Uh, yes. to preserve the influence of time from breaking down the structures ruled by the blonde white woman and they didn't yes. they didn't think about this that's not what the game's about uh no not at all it, but it, it, it does blunder game. into this cluelessly <laughs> um, yeah uh i think i'm watching because it, it it's almost about that stuff it like teeters on the edge of being about how societies like 
are decided by history uh but it's not thematically like um it's not diving into its themes enough to really engage with any of that uh so yes. it ends up being kind of like left aside for our podcast discussions and because uh, i think if it went further into it i'd be more annoyed if this was a final fantasy game i'd be really annoyed um mm-hmm. but because it's so slight i can end up kind of laughing it off and just enjoying the character bits yes uh, but before we get into that broader plot stuff, we got one more character that we all do with that everyone. No, we got Magus. No, we've got Magus. We got Magus. Uh, well, I continue to call him because I played this game when I was a teenager. Yeah, and just called him Magus. Cipher. Uh, Magus is a cool vampire man. Yes, he is the Lord of the Mystics in the Middle Ages. He's also a magician from twelve thousand BC uh, when he was a kid. Uh, Magus is just the like. It's interesting because he's like the meant to be the cool villain character who joins you it's like oh he joins us whatever but despite all of his like power or whatever it, it's mostly just the fact that he's like the gothest character in one of these rpgs we've ever seen yeah he's very goth <laughs> he literally like does the alucard glide around all the time when you are you, like have him in your party <laughs> he, he does he does at that uh, it's amazing. I I just like his whole deal, and I don't think he's like a great character to add into your party because I don't think he adds too much to the narrative really. Because because you don't necessarily get him in your party if you like decide to fight him when he offers when he, there's like a moment where he's like, do you want to fight? And if you fight, you can just kill him and that's it, whatever. Um, which is not the way to play this game. Uh, there's not really lines written for him after he joins your party. It's just he's there brooding like Vincent Valentine in the corner, and you want to talk about a suck hole of charisma it's vincent valentine in final Fantasy 7 i mean uh magus is better than vincent valentine yes i know but he still has the same problems where he's tragically underwritten right as he becomes bigger in this like when he should be having the most writing where he joins your party and recontextualizes the world for you that stuff's already been done so he doesn't have anything to say anymore he just hangs out yeah, and this kind of comes to the grand problem that is the structure of chrono trigger that is also final fantasy 6's problem that is the ambitions and openness of the game and this is it's less pronounced here because it's not like an actual world of ruin but it definitely it's also a much shorter game and a much shorter game but it definitely has like a billion endings and it wants you to like figure out how to get the best one and play through it multiple times which none of us are doing because we have a guide so we've got the best ending on the first time and it's not even that difficult uh yeah like the challenges aren't actually that challenging which is good but it does mean that the game's design is spread out as such that exactly at the point where everything should be converging to tell the most interesting and um what's what's the word like a deep version of the story that it has just everything stops and you beat the guy and win uh yeah then it's like oh do all the side quests finish the video game we're done yeah and there's no there's no more because i when i went back to the um ocean pass i was expecting more stuff with like the queen and the sister no nothing nothing yeah uh because I, th- I thought there'd be a whole subplot to wrap up there, but there just wasn't. <laughs> yeah. No, the, like, it backfills all that stuff of, like, when, if you play that game a second time, when you see Magus and you see everything he's doing, you're like, oh, he's clearly trying to, like, confront Lavos to figure out how to get his sister back because she fell through time the same way he did. And that's interesting, I guess, but, like, the game never addresses that because it assumes you're going to play through it again and do that work yourself. And but you, because of that, it still remains underwritten. Yeah, like it's just gestures to to the idea of that. It doesn't engage. All with right, it. you can make the connection. Like we both made the connection. It's not like we didn't notice that yeah. thing. But once we have made the connection, we expect the game to acknowledge the connection and build to a point with its story. Um, yeah, which it doesn't really end up doing other than a few moments. Like I think that's why Frog's character arc stands out so strong because it's the one that really does that. Yeah. Um, 
it has setup it has like developments and then it has a conclusion with its own uh moral and through like it's simple though it is it's like a full story uh, told in order uh in a way yeah. that chrono trigger doesn't do a lot of the time yeah uh so, so I, that's all the characters yeah. let's get into the wider story stuff then so my the thing Chrono Trigger does really well, like that I think it does maybe better than almost any RPG I've ever played, is the bit where a new problem is presented and all your characters are like, oh yeah, we got to go do something, and then you all do like your pose as you run off on a grand adventure for the next three hours. I think it does that moment better than any game. Yes, I was reading of this era, and maybe any I can think of off the top of my head. Oh, absolutely. I was reading the um the Wikipedia page for the development. Uh, and one of the things that was said there is that one of the intentions was to not have any of the story transitions to be oh go here and get the thing and uh, to make them all meaningful and it does that every time it's like oh we gotta go do th-. even when you have to go and get the thing it's like oh shit i gotta go get that thing from the other time period to do this uh like there's enough in how it's constructed that makes uh makes it all propulsive which is definitely feeds into yeah. it being a very good beginner rpg I, it also make, like it really makes sense why they got Toriyama or wrote this story for Toriyama's art, yes. right? Like, because this is the Dragon Ball thing where you always have another like bad guy to fight or more Dragon Balls to collect after you've made your wish. Like the propulsive idea of the journey as the like end itself and not the means to an end is very strong in this. Yeah, that's why one of my favorite moments in the game is the ending, which has this really emotional end scene when everyone runs like goes away, and um, all the time is sealed. Um, and it was very sweet, and I was like, you know, tearing up, and I was like, oh, this is surprisingly good for a game with no story. Um, and then uh, your mum, like, because we all got the best ending, which is, I assume you got this one. Uh, Krona's mum falls into the time machine with the cat, uh, falls into the closing time portal, so you've got to run back to your time machine and turn these machines back on as the credits roll, and it's pitch perfect for that kind of feeling. Uh, the ride never ends, this bullshit will continue. Yeah. Uh, my favorite version of this is right as you get the upgraded epoch as you f- as Dalton gets fucked basically, <laughs> um, and the giant like uh, airship prison gets destroyed. <laughs> yep. Uh, it just leans into a comedy of errors that the game hasn't really done since the courtroom scene at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like uh, they're trying to summon a boss through like their weird time portals, but the time portal is all messed up because you already like mess with everything. And so the boss shows up in the wrong place uh, and then you fight it and then it disappears into a time portal when one opens up again. And then it shows up again as you're on the wing of the airship, but the boss is afraid of heights. And so it just kind of runs away <laughs> instead of fighting you. Yeah, no, You fight that boss before you fight, like realize why you're fighting it. So there's good like gags with the time. uh time premise there yes uh and then dalton who is the like soldier like the general of the armies of the kingdom of zeal just becomes this ridiculous like my uh, uh megalomaniac like fancy lad is he's like you need to put wings on that ship that time ship so it can be my chariot through the skies as i own these lands yeah god he sucks so much <laughs> yes uh god uh, and I, I like when Deke gets into the side quest stuff because it, it happens so late when they finally just let you freely travel through time. Uh, yes. Because then they, the good story writing can come in. You can leave Robo in a field for 400 years 
to, to... and then come back come back and he's made a forest and they built a church around his remains and then you just turn on the on switch and he pops up awake and like oh good to see y'all it's it's amazing like that's the stuff in the game and that's like a side quest uh, yes or there's the there's the part where you after you destroyed all of magus's minions uh who are named ozzy flea and slash because this game was localized in the 90s yes it was. uh um you can go to ozzy's fort and go in there and like talk like fight him and everything and then all the monsters will stop resenting you and you can get better prices from all your goods and stuff once you do that side quest it's great yep uh, the ways in which, like, the time travel stuff, like, the the game starts with the very cool premise of you go back to the past, you get the Back to the Future where uh, Marley disappears because they thought Marley was the princess, and so they didn't actually rescue the princess when she was taken by monsters, and you fix all that, and then you come back to the future, and oh, no, now they've created a, a judicial system because we told them they should take more care of their princesses, uh, and now I'm on trial. That stuff implies a level of, like, time fuckery that the rest of the game never gets into. No, nope, it never really gets into that stuff, and there's a lot of stuff it doesn't doesn't interrogate, because uh, basically it sets up like the. I'm not even I'm not even asking them to interrogate it. I just want fun timey wimey shit. Like I want Final Fantasy oh, yeah. 13 too. Oh God, if only. Big yes. shorts, big shorts. Yeah, I want Radiant Historia, which is like a more serious version of the same idea, but it is just this idea. Yeah, and, and like there's good bits with the uh, with the Moonstone that you leave. They're like, oh, well, it would need millions of years to regain its power, and you go, I've got that, and you leave it in in the this the one space on Earth that will always have sun on it, no matter what time of day it is, and leave it there uh, for sixty five million years, uh, and eventually yep. charge it up. But then the side quest is involved of, like, making sure that a person who stole it will give it back to you so you can put it back. And not that you just go to right before it was stolen and take it yourself and bring it back to 65 million years and just psycho recharge it instead. Yeah, which is a much better time travel story. Yeah, that, the, the like gag of that is weird because it goes from 65 million BC, that is 65 million BC, to 1000 AD and is stolen there and doesn't complete the charge. You then put it back in 1000 AD and then take it to 2300 AD, which is only 13,000 more, 1300 more years compared to the 65 million it's just had, but that's enough to kick it over the line. Uh, yeah. And that's not like an intentional gag. That's just, oh, it's in the next period. It didn't make it all to the all the way to the end of the cycle. Uh, yep. And there are funnier ways that you can like hack around that they didn't, they didn't like plan into the side quest um yeah there's just not like for a game about fun adventure and time travel i don't think it combines those two things as often as you'd want them to because <laughs> there should be a lot of goofy time shit that you can do in this game that just isn't supported because it has a very straightforward story that you just kind of play through because the game's only 20 hours long which, which, is, which good. is good like that's great i don't want a longer version i just want a more complicated version of what we have yeah, and I understand why you can't go to any more time periods because, you know, you have to make a whole new world and a whole new series of sprites and monsters and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. But I would like there to be more crossing over and more influence of things from one to the other. Yeah. Um, because I it nothing really changes. Everything is kind of set in stone always. And the only times there are, like, huge changes, they are gags and endings. Yeah. Uh, or it's the world ended but that's just the problem of the game there's no like oh we've done this and now we're going on this adventure you know i think this game would be better without lavos i think lavos is the weakest part of the plot and the game 
Um, and mm. if it was more just about time, then you wouldn't have a final boss of the JRPG problem. But Lavas kind of hangs. I mean, over. I think you could. I think you could do stuff with like Queen Zeal and like the Ocean Palace stuff without Lavos. But I think it'd be less interesting. Like Lavos is interesting in what it represents as like a generational calamity, but it's still override like it dominates too much of the plot because it's too big a thing for the fun adventure story that Chrono Trigger is. Yes, but also Lavos is literally came from space. Uh, yeah. So Lavos is like externalized all of the problems within the game, and I'm much more interested in seeing how time travel changes things within the world rather than how it like external yeah. threat approaches the world across time. Um, yes. Because I think that it, the game does a very bad job of setting up like its the like, places to play in and messing about with that. Yeah. Uh, at, like outside of the judicial system, on which we come back to, because it's really the only time that happens. <laughs> Yeah. And I think Lavos as like this thing that comes from space and then like absorbs the uh like uh what do I want? Um like genetic I material as like a resource of a planet and then destroys the planet and flies off again or whatever is interesting, but that idea is better expressed in three other RPGs I can name off the top of my head that have the same idea in it. Yep. Uh it's 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 weird. It's weird. Uh, two of them are by the same company, so <laughs> yep. It's very strange because I would um, yeah. you know, like with the thematic stuff for me, it's um, the world of Chrono Trigger is not good uh, as a world inherently, uh, and it's a game about time travel and a game about making changes in the society. And at no point does anyone, like, you restore society to the status quo and no one ever thinks to question whether the status quo is good or bad. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is the stuff where I was talking earlier. Where it's, it's fine. This doesn't actually end up making me frustrated with the game. I think I can enjoy its kind of slight version of storytelling. But on a podcast where I get to talk about it, uh, this is why I prefer Final Fantasy, because it is always about that. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah. like, th- the fact that in every age there is a different like threat that as represented through the you know uh blonde white princesses has to combat like uh you know ayla hates the reptites and then we got the fiends in the 600s uh and the 1000 and the robots and everything and then and then even it gets even more interesting because then you get to 1200 and then that is literally humans like deciding other humans are lesser than them uh and you have these structures of oppression repeating throughout time in different ways and the game it just never isn't about them it just has them it's never about them and doesn't really care uh and that's fine, like, the game's fine, but it does, within it, contain ideas that I think are worth exploring, and would be good if they were explored, and it is frustrating to see them just so nakedly left on the table. Yeah, I agree with that. Because they really did just, that, man, Zeal, Zeal sucks. Zeal sucks a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it's really good about the ways it shows it sucks, but the game it's just a weird fit for what the rest of the game is and but like zeal sucks and then the princess of zeal who also thinks that zeal sucks but in a different way goes to a different time and stokes like a, a war between two races that like has a massive calamities for his own personal problems and the game's not about how those two like things influence each other it doesn't come up it never comes up yeah uh even though like you look at that as a story that is like a connection that is interesting that you would want to dig into and like say if this was like final fantasy these games are about that we, every five minutes we talk about how much we like final fantasy 10 talking about how its society is structured uh, and from a game that has such 
like it's not a Final Fantasy game, but it's very clearly a Square RPG. It has the similarities. You can feel it in the writing, uh, and the fact that it's lacking them means it just feels less special. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree. That's that's uh... <laughs> my feeling of Chrono Trigger has always been that it's mildly overrated. I don't hate it, but I don't understand why people love it so passionately, and I continue to feel that way. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I assume it's a lot of people, like I say, a lot of people's first RPG, it's very good at being that. Also, the music's fantastic. Oh, the music's fan- <laughs> Can't be said enough. The music's fantastic. <laughs> we should go play those Tokyo RPG Factory games. <laughs> no, I still want to enjoy RPGs. <laughs> people go like, oh, I need to recapture Trono Trigger, it's time to play I Am Setsuna. <laughs> Absolutely not. God. Uh, I'm glad I played Final Fantasy. I feel pretty good for having filled this in. Um I have a lot of you know warm memories of my time playing it now. Uh it wasn't wasn't like a imposition. Yeah. And now we have a whole other RPG series to play of two games. Yeah. Which we will play in July. I think yeah, July is probably when it's gonna be. Um so Chrono Cross is coming, don't you worry. We did this in preparation, basically. Yeah, because that's the one that I'm actually curious about, because I only know a little bit about Chrono Cross. I'm very excited for Chrono Cross. But it's weird, because I am I expect that game to have a lot more going on, to have a lot more things that are interesting to dig into. Uh, but then I remembered, as you told me, that it's a PlayStation RPG that is slow as shit. <laughs> yes. So playing it's going to be hell, but hopefully I'll come like away with it in a positive, with more like th- things to think about. <laughs> that's my hope. Is there anything more? We we have we covered the whole game. Yeah, I think we're gonna have a short musical interlude, and then we'll come back with some questions. want to send us questions comments thoughts about any of the games we're playing or just games in general you can send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com uh you know just let us know what you're feeling about what we're doing and we'll respond to them uh we have five emails today do you want to take the first one jackson yeah this is from our friend nate uh, who asks 
so uh, I'm excited you've played Chrono Trigger. I think it's my favorite game on the SNES. At one point on Twitter, you, brackets M, that's you, not me, uh, referred to yourself as an avowed Chrono Trigger disliker and expressed a preference for games such as Final Fantasy IV, Earthbound, and Super Mario RPG. If you haven't already covered it before in your podcast brings you listener mail, um, what access to, uh, on what access do those games work for you so strongly that Chrono Trigger misses? If you have covered that, here's another question. Do you think that Chrono Trigger has more Final Fantasy DNA or more Dragon Quest DNA? Discuss. Mm, it's... It is, I think it's much more Final Fantasy, but the difference is that Final Fantasy, for all of its problems, and there are a lot, is always, like, very interested in exploring its thematic content, and I don't feel that way about Chrono Trigger. And that's really the crux of the whole thing. Yep, that's basically what the discussion was. Yep. Um, I, I I agree that I've only played, like, a couple bits of Dragon Quest, but uh, this it's clearly made by the final fantasy people it might be like wearing some of the dragon quest structural ideas but it's got all yeah. the final fantasy dna yeah um so so why is final fantasy 4 and earthbound so much better i mean we i know you kind of said but they just are i mean like i like final fantasy 4 kind of beyond reason i love its speed i love its labyrinthine dungeons uh i like that it has 800 characters and half of them sacrifice themselves for you but not really don't worry about it <laughs> uh yep um that game's just a lot happening very quickly but because the game is all kind of the same level of like this is like the er fantasy story it all works that it's kind of surface because it is surface and kind of the same way as crunch trigger is but it's not about it's not a time travel story it's like i'm an evil knight and i want to be a good knight and i need to deal with the fact my brother's also an evil knight that's literally the entire plot of fantasy four um yep there's not it's not like super deep you know and i think that's fine uh as long as you don't then try to make a game about how complicated time travel is Mm -hmm. um Um, and earthbound is just the fucking greatest game (laughs) i don't need to defend earthbound it's earthbound (laughs) um okay we've got the next question here uh yeah we have one from uh jasmine uh this is a multi-part question how do you feel about time stories time travel stories in general as star trek fans i feel like we're obligated to say that time travel is great time travel is excellent it's good i mean it's well no it's weird because my gut says eh but my favorite things (laughs) are like star trek and one specific era of doctor i'm not going to get into my doctor opinions but it enough of it counts as one of my favorite things that is laughable that i would go eh to time travel stories I like time travel stories as long as they don't do the thing where because it's time travel at the end, no one's learned anything because they erased the thing. Unless your thing is a story specifically about how sad it is that they close the loop and erase their memories of the thing. That's not... Um, Okay, is that a time travel trope or is that a episodic Star Trek trope? I've seen it both ways. Okay, because I'm like, why would that happen in like a film or a book where there's no next week? Yeah, I know. I yes, I know. Uh, I I don't like some people are like I need to make I need ones where time travel makes sure that there's impact when you go back in time, and other people are like I need them to make sure they split off universes where what you do can never affect your present. Um, I don't care. You can play fast and lose the rules. I just think time travel is pretty cool. Yep. Uh, I definitely have to see the time where someone looks different when you get back to the normal time. I want everyone being reptites, which happens in a goofy ending of Chrono Trigger. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> Uh, next question is, do you think women are treated better in Chrono Trigger than in Dragon Ball? Um, so Jackson, you haven't seen Dragon Ball, so you can't answer this. And my, my gut answer is that I think they are 
probably treated better because no one's pervy in Chrono Trigger, but they're given so much less to do that I I'll take I'll take Bulma and Chi Chi and eighteen and everybody every day. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played watched Dragon Ball, but um, put a blindfold on me, I just would have made that exact answer as a guess. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> people do fan art of Bulma in a way that I don't see, and no one cares about these characters. Like people really love Chrono Trigger, but fucking Bulma and Chi Chi and the yeah. Dragon Ball characters, like yeah, uh, people were hyped for Videl to show up. Videl really doesn't matter in the big scheme of things, but Videl is cool as shit, and I'm very excited that she exists in the fighting game. And I don't feel that way about like Luca. You know, I'm sorry, I just don't. It is frustrating when like a, an anime or a game will treat its women characters badly. Um, and I guess it's, it's it's better like in Chrono Trigger where most of the time there's no weird stuff, but if a, if a character is like good, it will shine through that weird stuff, and you'll just ignore it, and like it'll continue through culture, and that seems to be what's happened with Dragon Ball. Uh, next question. Do you feel like jokey new game plus endings should make a resurgence? Absolutely. But also games should be short enough that I want to play them again. Yeah. Like, or reload to play the extra content or whatever. Because my gut is no, but not because I think it's bad, but because I think about how Nier handles them with a fucking text cut to black because no one has the money to do this. Yeah, that's true. Nier has what should be really funny extra endings that just are like, oh, the game's over, and then it runs the credits real fast. And then you get a like a little, like one text screen of what the ending is named, and that's the joke when they could have everyone's reptites now. Yeah, like the thing with the current trick's ending isn't the the gags themselves are necessarily good. It is that you get an entire credit sequence and story sequence of Frog and Mage's dueling, and it's with no other purpose other than isn't that cool. It's extremely cool. And then the last question, what's up with that red portal? Because there is a mysterious different type of portal in Chrono Trigger that is red, which also, I guess, ties into the stuff that we didn't really talk about, where at the very end of the game, they're like, I guess that there was some other entity that wanted us to see all the things we wanted to see because it was speculated that uh, Lavos is the person who, like the being that created all the time instability and time portals. And then it turns out that's not true because time portals exist after you beat Lavos. I think all this stuff's probably going to be answered in the next game, so I don't really care about speculating. My guess is that stuff's in there. Uh, next question, Jackson. Uh, we have a question uh, from Imadom. Uh, it says, This is a great game, but do you think the time travel mechanics could have been more extensively used? I get the feeling it becomes less of a factor towards the end of the game, in a manner of speaking. It might be unfair to compare it with something that really historic story but I think that game uh, seemed to fulfill on the promise of having a time manipulation mechanic. Uh, we kind of answered this, and our answer is yes. Yep. <laughs> we yeah. agree. Good point. Uh, us too. Play Radiant Historia. Play uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen Two. They're good games. Uh, I should play. Ah, man, I should have played Final Fantasy Thirteen Two years ago. <laughs> uh, we have a email from Tron who always writes in with a bunch of questions. Normally, most a lot of them get covered, but there's a couple. Uh, do you think this game would be a good entry port entry point to the JRPG genre? I think this is an interesting question to ask in 2019 because I think the answer is probably no now. But but what does that mean? So, like, let's take a step back for a second and really dig into this, because uh, if your goal is to be a person who can go back and, like, see if they're going to enjoy exploring JRPGs in a historical sense, I think the answer is absolutely yes. If you are going to play this and then go, do I want to go play more SNES games? 100% yes. If you've if you've never played an RPG, like a JRPG before, like, maybe you've played, like, Skyrim or some shit, you're like, I want to know what these JRPGs are all about, you play 10. <laughs> Because it looks like a video game. <laughs> sure, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't even recommend ten. Like, 
does this mean getting you on board for JRPGs as a modern construct, or does this mean for going back and understanding JRPGs as a? I think I think I think this means going back because you know, like whatever people know, Persona Five exists. No one should play it, but But it's out there. I think those are the ones that people would recommend, and probably if you haven't played a JRPG before, I also think if you haven't played a JRPG, you should not go anywhere fucking near Persona. It's the most labyrinthine set of sub like mechanics possible. It's strange because yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know whether like traditional breezy jrpgs are these days i guess like everyone's gonna tell you oh octopath traveler exists nobody <laughs> likes octopath traveler <laughs> likes that game. i mean i don't know everyone bought it it's bad they're probably gonna make a sequel because they're gonna see that it sold like three million copies all those people were duped i don't <laughs> think you should play 10 first i i think you should wait i, I think 10's a bad entry to jrpgs but are you going to sit here and be like, play Final Fantasy VII first because it's the one you played first as your entry? No, I just think that ten is about JRPG. It, it's too about JRPGs in its like in how you can read it, uh, mm-hmm. in a way that you could you would go in and have a good time if you played it first, but you lose so much without understanding what it like the genre it's in conversation with. And I think Chrono Trigger doesn't I just, have any of that. I think you just play the game. Okay. I, I think you could do better on the SNES if you want a SNES RPG. Like, play Mario RPG. That's a great beginner game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earthbound is, like, difficult and fiddly, but it, it's pretty good. Play Final Fantasy VI. We don't like the end of it, but the first part of it is one of the most amazing games that's ever been made. <laughs> yeah, God, finally it was that good the whole way through. <laughs> yes. Uh... So, yeah. Um... I think that's I think that's basically all of the questions here. How do you feel about the DS version, Jackson? Did it, outside of the frog stuff, it it flowed all right. Uh, it was much better than the SNES version. I like messed about with the SNES version just to check. Uh, DS is how you should play okay. that game. the The story absolutely comes through. You get used to the differences, and like the writing is less um, as gimmicky. Like it doesn't have the frog stuff. It doesn't have some of the flourishes the SNES translation does. But everything comes through fine. Uh, you don't you don't miss it because you don't realize you're missing it. It flows fine. The jokes play. Uh, it's it's a very good version of the game. Mm-hmm. You can play it in bed, and it's fast. Uh, and the UI is better because it puts all the battle stuff on the bottom screen, so you can see the entire battlefield and don't have to press Y to move the um, UI when the characters move. Okay, I will read Nora's email if we're ready to move on. Okay, because I have it open, but I guess you can. No, take I will that. do it. Yes, because I'm going to skip some stuff here. Okay. Um, so Nora wrote in a bit about uh, her intense love of the Chrono Trigger, like as a fan growing up online, with links to the Chrono Compendium, which I'm going to have to look at these later. I have not looked at them yet, yep. but it seems like exactly the kind of deep lore proto gamific use bullshit I would love. Um, and that's exciting. Uh, some questions. Uh, you didn't play any of the extra content for the DS version, right? No, there's new dungeons, but I, I yes. was really getting through. I was playing pretty late, uh, which sometimes yes. sometimes like leads me in a situation where I'm like, oh god, I paid the game because I have to get through it. But Chrono Trigger was breezy enough that it was completely fine. Um, which is good because you came in hotter than you normally do. <laughs> <laughs> came in way too hot. Uh, um, uh, yes, there's some stuff that links it more explicitly into Chrono Cross that will be interesting to look at after we've played Chrono Cross. Yes, I'm going to fill myself in with how some of that all lines up in a way that um, yeah, you know, we'll see. Uh, but I'm not looking any of that uh, up till we're done. Yes, uh, if you went to the Millennial Fair, which party member would you dance with? Hmm, like uh, us, because people. Yeah, uh, frog. Yes. Frog. What do you, frog. Uh, is it cheating to say Gato? Do I have to pick an actual party member? Yeah, it's cheating to say Gato. 
than Ayla. Ayla seems like she would have a great time. Yeah, probably. It's frog. Frog's too cool. Frog's too cool. You're taking a frog to a fair to have a dance because he's a frog and he's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a question uh, specifically about renaming characters, just generally like, I'm not a person who renames characters in games. Are you? I assume you're not. I am so not to the point where I will Google, if I'm playing a game and it doesn't defaultly name a character, I will Google to make sure there's not like a Yu Narakami. Like- yeah. What does the manga <laughs> name this Shimagami Tensei character so I can make sure I name them that? Yeah, <laughs> that's I, who that's I who am. That's who I am. I, would just, I want to have the proper name, the, the fandom uses you know. that everyone uses because um, I don't play, especially with JRPGs, I'm not going to be like role-playing with it. So I don't see the point of it. That's it for questions. You already know what we're playing next month uh, in two weeks. We're playing Titanfall 2. Uh, this podcast went long, so I'm not going to play any tonight. But tomorrow, I'm going to probably beat Titanfall 2. I'm very excited about definitely that. definitely going to beat Titanfall 2. It's like three hours long. Uh, I'm already three hours in, and I have three more chapters to go. So I don't know if that's uh, true. Okay. But... That's, that's longer than I remember. Um, yeah, I'm, it's probably going to be like five hours. Unless the back third is very short compared to the other ones. It is, but it's hard. Okay. Um... And since that's coming up really fast, after that, we are going to be playing Devil May Cry 3. Uh, so please look yes. forward to that. That is just us literally going, ah, oh, we haven't played this one yet. And it's a good excuse to get it off of both of our backlogs by doing the podcast. Yeah. Sometimes you can make the podcast work for us. What if we make it work for Radical us? idea. I mean, just you. I, if we want to do that, then I got some suggestions for some video games we can play. Yeah, I know. We've got we've got so many years of this ahead of us. We can't end abnormal mapping when Gundam's still going, so we at least have to go for another eight years. Yeah, I'll come in and be like, uh, you know what? I'm just gonna go down my shelf, see what games we got. It's time to play Inazuma Eleven. Oh, uh, and I'll be like, what's an Inazuma Eleven, Jackson? Uh, that game didn't come out in this region. Did none of them come out in America? I think maybe one of them is like on the eShop or something. I don't know. I didn't pay attention to this. Oh well, there you go. But I guess yep. nip this idea in the bud before it even got started. Uh, yep. Uh, anyway, uh, Jackson, where can people find all of our shows? People can find all of our shows on abnormalmapping.com. There is a bunch of shows there. Uh, we do some good shows. If you like us talking about Star Trek, then uh, you can listen to Second Half's Slug. It's at StarTrekPodcast.space. We have a Star Trek podcast. We're currently talking about Discovery and being kind of sad because Discovery Season 2 is pretty bad. Yeah, if you want to commiserate about how rough Discovery Season 2 is, we've got your back. But soon soon we're going back to books which means we'll be starting oh reading God. the tng tie-in novels uh we've previously been reading the ds9 stuff so it's been less accessible but if you just like watch some tng and want to uh see what the books are like we don't have time to like read tie-in novels we got you we got you yeah if you want to if you want to know what wesley crusher did after he ascended into being an astral being uh we've got your back if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about <laughs> go watch tng please please go watch tng because it's good <laughs> Yeah, but, but not that Wesley Crunch stuff. That's not why it's good. But that's no, more that's the, so bad. That's but in a way that bad. we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about. Yep. Uh, you can find me at Headfuls Off on Twitter. You can find the podcast in another place if you want to support us. Yeah, uh, we all of our shows are supported on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash abnormal mapping and see an array of tiers to support us at. You can get writing every week. You can get. Uh, you could be on the show. You can tell us a game you want us to play, which is how we've ended up playing Chrono Cross in a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the main thing, if you go for $1 a month, you get the Great Gundam Project, which is me and Jackson watching all of Gundam from the beginning to the end, two episodes at a time. We are currently in 0083 Stardust Memory, uh, which is an OVA from 1990, right? 1991. 91. 
Yeah. Um, so we're getting through it. Uh, we, I guess we're Gundam experts. Uh, you can listen to <laughs> we already got many experts. episodes of that. Uh, and it's a very good show. I think it's great. I think it's probably our best show. I think most people would agree to, with that, in fact. It is our most popular um, show, and you have to pay for it. Yeah. It no, never mean. happens to podcasts. Yeah. Um, other than that, you can find me at em underscore being uh, on Twitter. Uh, we have a Discord. If you go to the website, you know, there's a link there. You can come talk about video games with us. Everyone comes in to talk about Gundam. No one talks about video games much anymore. So if you want to talk about video games, come to the Discord. Talk about some video We've games. We've got our niche. Tell us what you think about Stadia. <laughs> Could you fuck off? uh that's it uh i think we're done here so i'm gonna play some more fucking good music and be sad that i could not fit 17 songs into this episode but don't worry none of us has played any video games so our soundtrack episode this year is gonna be very easy (laughs) 